Welcome to the Emerging Women Podcast, where we hear from brilliant women leaders creating big change in the world. I'm Chantal Purat, your host, and today's guest is Amy Baglin, founder and CEO of Meet Mindful, the dating app for conscious and meaningful connections. There's a tendency in current culture to let the digital world act as a scoreboard for our worth as human beings. I myself may be guilty of letting the number of likes dictate my mood on occasion, but Amy believes it's important for tech leaders to upend that tendency by facilitating quality connections rather than quantities of connections. In our conversation, Amy connects the dots that made her an entrepreneur on a mission to evolve the dating industry an industry that probably could use a little bit of overhauling. We'll talk about what it means to look for mindful connection or even a conscious partner and the benefits of practicing intimacy beyond the context of romantic relationship. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Meet Mindful. Meet Mindful is revolutionizing the way we meet and connect with others in daily life. They inspire people to make meaningful connections every day, both on and offline. If you're interested in meeting like-minded people, welcome to your new community. Visit meetmindful.com forward slash emerging women to start your free trial. This episode is about to get real about mindful connection. It's all part of the emerging women ethos. So let's dive in and go deep. Welcome to Meet Mindful with Amy Baglin. Okay, welcome my friend, Amy Baglin, CEO of Meet Mindful and so much more. How are you today, Amy? I am awesome. How are you doing, Chantal? I'm great. I'm super excited to be getting into this topic of relationship and love in today's modern landscape with you. And I've just been so impressed with watching the trajectory and the growth of Meet Mindful over the years. I mean, we've been in touch and connecting as parallel entrepreneurs for, I guess it's been almost five years now. Yeah, about, probably about four years for you and I. And yeah. we, I feel like we started as little, little saplings at this, right? <laughs> Total saplings. Look how far we've come. <laughs> yes, I know. I think we were both like raising money at the same time and, you know, trying to figure all this out. And, and since then you have just built an amazing business and a community and a content source for this topic of what does it mean to be in relationship and how can we find love and consciousness and feel fulfilled in this world. And so kudos girl. Thank you. Yeah. It's, been quite a journey and, and I've been lucky to have amazing people surrounding me and helping us achieve this vision together. What got you into knowing that this was what you wanted to do and the kind of business that you built? Was it accidental or did you always have a vision to be working in this field? You know, have you ever seen the Steve Jobs commencement address at Stanford that talks where he says um, something about connecting the dots backwards. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
that is that is exactly what my story feels like to me. Um, I didn't quite know where I was headed, and if you had asked me, you know, seven years ago, if I, if I thought this is where I would be, I would have been pleasantly surprised, but certainly wouldn't have seen it coming. Um, but then sitting where I'm sitting today, looking back at everything, it all makes sense. Um, so I will give the quick, I'm going to, I'm not going to go backwards. I'll go forwards. I'll give the quick thing. I was in startups, you know, from the time that I was a freshman in college interning, I'd always loved being in, in new companies that were doing something uh, alternative and trying to, you know, break the status quo. And, um, it lit me up, but honestly, I didn't ever consider doing anything but that. It was just where I felt called to go. So I always loved that creating something from nothing and being the underdog and, and saying there's a different, better way and let's go do it. Um, in my time in New York, uh, I was there during my mid to late 20s and I fell into uh, yoga and meditation was my entry point into this path of, of mindful living, consciousness, um, my own personal path began there. And I went to a holistic nutrition program on the weekends for six months called Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of or maybe even attended. And this was when the program was still live in person in Lincoln Center. And, uh, and we would convene 1,200 like-minded people, mostly women, and we would learn about what it meant to live a full, uh, a full life that was integrated and balanced in mind, body, spirit. And, you know, food was definitely a huge focus of the program, but uh, it was so much more than that. And it, it touched on mindset, it touched on spirituality, it touched on passion and purpose and uh, actually making, doing something with your career that was bigger than, um, you know, how could doing something that basically aligned personal values and lifestyle and whatever I could do to help myself and really bring that out into the world and how could we offer those gifts to the world. And so I got really inspired by being around so many like-minded people, which will become the theme uh, further into the story. And I also was inspired to shift what I was doing uh, career-wise. And I was VP of a successful online mar- or mobile marketing startup in New York, and uh, I was very lucky to get in on the ground floor of that company. And I liked what I was doing from a using my skill set standpoint, um, but I wanted there to be more purpose behind it. And so I ended up uh, reading four-hour work week and having all these really I- cool ideas that were just lighting me up inside. And one of them, uh, this is towards the end of the nutrition program, one of them was actually how cool would it be if I could bring, if I had to have like an online community of all these people who were into wellness and, and, and conscious living and, and um, mind, body, spirit, uh, lifestyle and paths. How, what if I could bring an online community together and everybody could like share what they were up to and share cool recipes and meditations and practices and you know, have it be a hub. Wouldn't that be awesome? And then I was, overwhelmed of how one would do that <laughs> and just decided, I don't, I don't know, I just put it on the shelf and I ended up traveling the world for a year. I bought a one-way ticket to India and, and traveled Asia. And, uh, every community I went to, I would stay for, you know, one, two, three, four months. And I would 
find myself tapped into and plugged into these like-minded communities of travelers. And so again, here I am surrounded by like-minded people who were brought together by similar values and mindset and how they live their life in the world. And, and, you know, they had, they were turned on, they were awake, they were doing what made them, uh, what, what was aligned with their purpose and their passion in the world. And they were trying to bring that out into the world and help others. And it didn't matter what the practices or specific things that they were doing. It was more about the the overall uh, theme of how they were living their life. And it was so inspiring to me. And so when I moved to Denver, um, the last piece of this puzzle is I started, I was really into partner yoga at the time. I was teaching a lot of partner yoga. I was doing Thai yoga massage. And these are very connective, intimate practices that Mm -hmm. were really pushing the edge for me of what it meant to connect authentically and what intimacy could look like. Um, And this is, you know, seven years ago when I hadn't explored any of that before Mm -hmm. and it was blowing my mind and changing my life. And I, again, wanted to bring that out into the world. I didn't want to just hold it and keep it to myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know anybody when I moved here and I had just this random idea uh, within a month of moving here to start an events company called Yoga Dates. And we did yoga events for singles. And so I would hold these partner yoga speed dating events and we would do vinyasa and vino and we would partner with Gaia and do movie screenings and do a a community happy hour. And it always had this element of um, some sort of conscious activity and um, something fun and learning something new with all these singles together and um, then we would have a social hour and you know pretty simple concept um it and it turned out to be awesome and the, the events would sell out and people would have amazing connections mostly you know for dating purposes but they would also end up going out in groups afterwards for dinner or they would you know be exchanging business cards for networking um and hanging out as friends too and so there was something brewing and I didn't quite know what it was It took Mm -hmm. me a while to figure it out, but at some point I realized it wasn't about the yoga at all. That was just a, a, you know, one connection point to this larger like-minded lifestyle and mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the power of community, and it was also the power of authentic, intentional connection. And I have people who were coming from all different walks of life and practices and you know, a lot of people didn't even do yoga and they were coming to these events. So that's when I got really clear that there was a much larger need out there for people to connect. Um, and we started with dating because there was no, there was no service in the market for people in this giant community of, of conscious, mindful, you know, mind, body, spirit practitioners and people who live with intention and authenticity. And there was no one really servicing them. And so that's, uh, my connecting, connecting the dots backwards story. Yeah. And this, <laughs> I hope that wasn't too long. No, no. Um, well, just to give the listeners um, the metaphor, I don't know if it's a metaphor, but it's an example that Steve Jobs said that you can never really, as your life unfolds and you have certain, you know, distinctive things that happen in your lives, um, goals or periods that were, are, that are very significant as you're moving forward, you can never make sense 
or as even in present time when things are happening you can never really make sense of it you can only make sense of it and actually connect the dots as you look backwards and so you know give up that whole striving give up that whole you know need to try and figure stuff out and just rest in the knowledge that it will all connect and make sense and you'll see the beautiful pattern when you look behind you so I do. I love, love that, that you brought that up because there's so much. Um, I think people have, and myself included, this innate desire to want to control and to figure everything out yeah. and do everything, quote unquote, right. You know, and um, one of the things that I, I think that you just reminded all of us of something so critical that, you know, if we were going through life trying to figure everything out and only making decisions based on if we if we knew it had a very predictable outcome, I think in life would be pretty boring and certainly a lot less passionate. And so one of my keys there is if I have a decision to make, and it could be as simple as, am I going to go to this event or not? If I feel a full body yes, that is not based on reason at all, mm-hmm. it's not a linear decision. If I feel a full body yes in participating or going that path or making that choice, then I go for it. And and I think that's when the magic happens, where you said like things unfold in a way that ends up being perfect and exactly right. And I had an example of this yesterday where I'd been traveling for five days straight on the road, LA, San Francisco, got home at midnight on Tuesday and yesterday was Wednesday morning, woke up and had a slew of work to do. And I had committed to going to a, um, an intimate practice group for something that I'm, I've become pretty heavily involved in um, with some of my community in Boulder. And it was from three to 5 PM. And I was like, Oh, that is such a bad time. I'm so busy today. This is just not the right time. I'm, I'm not going to go. Um, I really need it, but I just have too much on my plate. And one of my uh, one of my friends who's participating in the same group wrote me back, and he quoted me. He goes, "I really need this today." He said, "That means you should you should come." And he was right. I had full body yes to going. I just had all these reasons as to why I shouldn't go, and I ended up going. And um, what came out of it was, I think, the beginning of something very very cool for one of the participants who's also becoming a very close friend and me being able to help her out in a way that could be a a game changer for her entire life in the direction of her career. And I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened had I not showed up. And so, you know, just, just, just because I felt called, um, I ended up making that call. So anyway, I'm agreeing with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, and also just, you know, in terms of innovation, you know, if we knew everything and all the outcomes, then, you know, our output and our manifestation in the world would be very narrow. We wouldn't be taking risks. We wouldn't spread our wings as far as they could go. And there's so much power, especially in innovation for stepping into the mystery. I mean, so many of the great products that have been invented by accident and it's almost like the less we know (laughs) in terms of creativity and fully being fully expressed as a human being, the less we know, um, maybe the better for us. So, well, it definitely is what it is. So we got to get comfortable with it anyway. Um, but I love that speech now, as far as relationship, you know, specifically here you are, you're saying you're creating a, you have created a wonderful community of people. And uh, on one hand, it's an online dating site. And yet you're talking about connection. 
you're talking about more than that. You're not talking about, let me help you find the one, right? So tell me a little bit about your philosophy of dating and how it reflects maybe more of a, a larger philosophy around our need for connection in today's world. Yeah. So I really believe that the reason that we're here on this planet is to love and to connect authentically with those around us. And I don't think that that stops with, I don't think that that necessarily starts with and ends with romantic partners. I think that absolutely that our romantic partners are the people that are going to be um, the most supportive in our life and the people that will bring us to new heights that we didn't know were possible and see something in us that then draw that out and, um, and also be the ones to teach us the most. I, I certainly agree with that. Um, I, I just believe that the skills and the things that we can learn and put into practice to connect deeper and more authentically with the people around us, um, are going to be just as important for our friends and for our family and our work associates and people we've never met before as it is for those who we are dating or in relationship with. So, um, I, yeah, connection to me is key. And, um, and so I, I believe that at Meet Mindful, you know, absolutely, people are coming to us to find a partner. And their vision of what that looks like is different depending on where they are in life you know, what's most important to them, uh, the, the, the end game can be very different. Now we wake up every day to, I wake up every day to new success stories from our members saying how they met their person and, and it's never, it's never been like this. And they're so grateful that they had a safe space to make that connection and find their person. And that's awesome. Like it, it, nothing makes me happier than hearing that people have had success mm-hmm. on, in our community. And so I, I certainly don't want to discount the, the romantic love, you know, let's find my one and only, right? Um, I also think that we would be doing the world a disservice if we weren't focusing on what it looks like to make authentic connections across the board in our life, because I think that that is going to lead to levels of happiness and satisfaction with um, the people around us and the, the relationships that we have in ways that um, most, you know, of your standard dating services don't begin to even impact. And so I believe that we have an opportunity to do that. Right. And I'm curious to see if the people that are in your audience are actually using the site for not just the person, right? It seems like the people are just, I want to meet you, but it's not necessarily like there's people meeting as friends and, Right. It seems a little different. The landscape seems a little different than some of the others out there, like Match or. Right. I mean, people are just reaching yeah. out and connecting. Yeah. So what I would say is check back with me in a year. Um, we we have had a lot of requests from our community members for a, um, a more intentional way to to find other types of connections. Right. On, on Meet Mindful, and um, we're exploring that uh, over the next, you know, six to 12 months, and so I'm really excited to see what we end up doing there, um, because you're right, it's already happening 
on a organic level a little bit, um, but it's not something that we have set up the platform to be for right now, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like we haven't yeah, actually designed exactly. things or set things up that way. That's not the way things are positioned or that's not the promise, but yet we're seeing it anyway. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited to begin exploring that. And, you know, for that, for the girl who moves to, to Buffalo, New York and, and doesn't know anybody and really wants to connect and to find somebody to check out meditation studios with, or to go to, um, you know, vegan meetups with, or for the guy who is 25 and ready to give up his college bros and join a men's group and, and deepen into some more supportive male relationships. Like, um, and so many other examples, how can Meet Mindful be a place that can support that as well? Right. And I'm so excited about that because like you said, I mean, I definitely feel that relationships and I, I love the word intimacy does not just rest with our significant other. And that as a species, as conscious human beings, we're actually moving towards a deeper way of connecting, even on a casual basis that, you know, those people who can understand the language of intimacy will be much better off in terms of business builders or leaders. And um, I know that I just saw in Fast Company last month, Satya Nadella said that he used empathy to organize the billion dollar turnaround at Microsoft. So these are tools of intimacy that require a certain level of consciousness. Yeah, 100%. And you know what just came up for me in hearing you say that is everyone who's in a committed relationship and has a romantic partner and life partner for everybody who compare the person who doesn't have any intimacy or, or, you know, intentional authentic connections with the people around them in their lives and go to their partner and expect their partner to be able to give them all of that, to fill that bucket. Because as human beings, we definitely have a bucket waiting to be filled for that. And historically, it, it has been, it's been, it's been something that we've gotten from people around us, whether they're our life partner or not. Um, and especially in societies where before technology was like the focus. Um, and so it's this person's going only to their partner and expecting to get all the connection and all the deep intimacy only from their partner. That's a, that's a tall order. Now, you compare that to the person who's in a, in a super supportive community. They have intimate relationships with their friends and with their coworkers. And they can, like you said, they can express empathy. They can feel empathy from others. They, you know, are, are free to express and show their emotions and really what's going on for them. And compare their experience and what they get and expect from their life partner or the person that they're in relationship with. I mean, I feel like there's so much more possibility for that couple because they're getting that bucket filled from others in their community and they, they're not relying on the other person to, to be their only source of that. And I think there's so much more magic that can come from, from couples and relationships that are, you know, two people that have a foundation of intimate connection across their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that at one point you had mentioned, and I think this is true of all online dating sites, that there are more women than men, you know, that are on the platform. 
And is that still true? And if so, like, why do you think that is? So actually, uh, in the industry, pretty much every service has many, uh, a much higher proportion of men to women. Oh, interesting. Across the board. Oh, Mm -hmm. online dating sites have more men than women. Yes, sites, apps, yes, wow. and even services. So if you look at matchmaking services, there's going to be more men. Okay, I had that wrong. Wow, interesting. Uh-huh. And um, the interesting piece is that, you know, if you think about how uh, you know, the dynamics of, of men and women and how they show up in dating, women are generally more passive and men are generally more um, aggressive or active, right? And so um, that makes sense. Now, in the that proportion makes sense is, is what I was referring to. In the meat mindful community, we do have more women than men, mm. and um, I think it, it speaks to what's going on in in our culture at large in the consciousness and and wellness and uh, mindfulness space. Is there there's more women actively participating than there are men, and so I think for meat mindful and our members that it's reflected in the numbers there. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, we have seen a shift over time uh, in the three years that, that we've been growing our community. And there do seem to be more men coming on in higher proportions than women. So I'm curious to know um, over time, as we see this dynamic shift in, in larger you know, macro level society, if we're going to see that shift as well at Meet Mindful. The other interesting thing is that you know, women and men relate to uh, conscious living differently. You know, for, for men, it is a lot more um, often, I'm certainly not going to make generalizations, but often the men approach it more from a, a psychological kind of personal growth and development, um, you know, definitely non, non-secular, or not non-secular, secular standpoint, um, and I think women, because there is, you know, there's more, it's a more linear approach. It's, it's more masculine feeling. And, uh, and that makes sense to me. And that's great. And then, of course, there's men who, who do approach it from a more spiritual, kind of ethereal um, standpoint as well. And that's wonderful. I think women feel more called and more comfortable with, um, with approaching conscious living from a, a more ethereal standpoint and it doesn't have to be as linear and it's much more heart-based and emotion-based and that's great too. Uh, so I think if you looked at, at our community, it, it would shake out uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Let's pull that apart just a little bit because I'm a, I want to make sure I get this. So what you're seeing is that, and through, you know, your lens of looking at the people in your community that beyond meet mindful, you're in the conscious living community. We, I can, you know, we, we all, I'm sure every person on this listening in is involved or heading in that direction. But what you're saying is that men tend to grab on to the, let's call it the science of psychology and the models and the, the programs where there's a personal development thread, but it's, it's well-researched and there's a, there's a steps and there's linear and it, it feels more grounded and maybe more in the headspace, which is totally fine. Mindfulness, I would say, just the word, but in terms of the practice as well, is kind of an example of that. And that women tend to be more, you know, uh, inclusive in terms of the modalities and somehow they're building their own 
uh, healing regimen that may just be a little of this, a little of that, a little of this, and, you know, I don't know, throw some psychic space in there and some astrology readings and, you know, <laughs> like hit it from all sides. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. I love the way that you described that. I think, um, you know, one thing to keep in mind is, is for men, by and large, you know, they are driven to produce results and produce results and provide results for, for the people in their life. And if I, you know, well, I won't say I'm a man, but for, for the man who hears that meditation is great because it is going to reduce cortisol levels and is going to increase the ability to uh, focus and perform. Great. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is a great way for that man to, uh, produce better results and and really provide right and be be a better more optimized version of mm-hmm. himself right mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I don't think as a woman that 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 is the the language that would speak to me about why meditation is is going to be so helpful for me I mean mm-hmm. for me it's, it's going to be much more around I can be more present it'll allow me to be more nurturing it'll allow me to be more support supportive of those around me it'll allow me to feel more centered and more connected with my higher self um that mm-hmm. both of those are true mm-hmm. and the result generally ends up being kind of the same for people who let's just you know we're using meditation as the example um for those who meditate, the result does end up being the same physiologically and then how it impacts people's lives. But in terms of how you speak to the Mm -hmm. the benefits of this stuff, I think is, is generally, um, it makes sense to pay attention to who you're Mm -hmm. talking to. And we see this in our advertising as well. Um, Mm -hmm. what speaks to men and what speaks to women is very different. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I can just tell you anecdotally how many times I have, you know, talk to women who are discouraged about the dating scene and they're just, you know, I mean, I've heard this, the statement or the question, where are the conscious men, right? So when you're a woman and you're in the space of consciousness and let's like, you know, I mean, we can put the millennials in there. I think we should maybe put them aside because I think it's a little different generally, <laughs> like, you know, it seems yeah, let's to... put the millennials aside for a second. <laughs> no, because like it just seems great, like there's more. Image. What I'm saying is that there just seems to be more consciousness and more like attunement to this in the younger generation. But I'm specifically talking about, let's say, 35 to 55. And even into the 60s, you know, where women are they've finally gotten the divorce after being in a dead marriage for 20 years. And I'm again, I'm not saying everybody in their 60s is going through this, but I sure as hell meet a lot of these women, you know? And they're mm-hmm. coming back into the, you know, into the game so to speak, but they're not willing to be in relationship with somebody who's not dedicated to some kind of personal transformation. And that seems to be the biggest thing. Like, where are the men that are involved in this? I'm, I'm curious to see if you're also seeing that and um, what you have to say about it. Yeah, this is a conversation that I have had a lot. and I love it. Um, you know, I think that it would be a mistake for, and I, I've been here, like personally, many times. And I think it would be a mistake, a mistake for us to go out and say, you know, I need a man who's going to 
go to yoga with me and who's going to go to, to uh, chanting with me. And then we'll go to the crystal shop and get a crystal for our shared lover's meditation. And then we're going to make, um, you know, raw, raw desserts together. And then we're going to have like a sacral meditation before we go to bed and, and then, and then like make, make love and, and practice Tantra together. Like <laughs> right. that is a very tall order. And that's yeah. basically saying I want a male version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fair. Um, I don't think it's fair for us to assume that just because our version of consciousness and, um, and, you know, self-awareness, I mean, we don't have to even make it like a, super ethereal term, like self-awareness is really what a lot of the stuff boils down to, um, and being present in, in our, in our body and our conversations and, and in our life. And that is often how, and again, we're making giant generalizations here, but that is often how women express that. And that's how it shows up. And I don't think it's fair to expect the men in the world to look the same way. Um, and so what but I would what say about, is, what about the communication and the level of vulnerability? Let's not, because I don't, I'm not doing all those things. I'm not doing Tantra and I'm not, you know, there's a lot of women here that are listening are not involved at that thick level, yeah. but just like being so vulnerable I, and, you know. So yeah, I was about to go there. So okay. that what really matters and what I think we all really want at the end of the day is somebody who has a level of self-awareness that, that they're consistently working on to increase, that they're always on a path to growth of um, becoming a more uh, aware, open, vulnerable, like you said, um, and, and purposeful human being. Mm-hmm. And that, that they're able to actually identify the emotions that are going on in the moment, which is absolutely mindfulness, right? That is mm-hmm. what, what is this thing that I'm feeling? Can I name it and can I express it? Um, and really go there in a conversation now, that level of vulnerability and presence is, is something that men and women, it shows up differently and, we can all do it. And so I think that's what we really want at the end of the day is somebody who is going to be present and, and get vulnerable, like you said. Um, and, you know, for some, for some men, it's like, this looks like being able to go on a great hike and take in nature and have a deep conversation that is, you know, a little bit, something that would be a little bit uncomfortable perhaps, but needs to be said. Um, that, that to me is a really powerful man who can, who can step up and um, meet somebody in a way that is a much higher vibration or, or a much um, deeper connection than we're used to in our day-to-day life. So I think, you know, where are all the conscious men? They're all around us. Um, they just, I think, look a little bit different than, we might initially think, um, you know, I was just at summit series this past weekend and there's 3,500 people there and, you know, it's very balanced men and women and, um, in terms of uh, ratio. And I'd say overwhelmingly 95% of the folks there, they, they look like everybody else you're passing on the street. You can't point at someone and be like, Oh, you're a conscious guy, you know? Um, 
But what I notice is the level, the altitude of conversation and the passion and the purpose behind the conversation and the degree of self-awareness that comes out in those conversations was, was much higher than anything that, you know, we, I experience on a day, daily basis. Um, and so I think that the key to finding that is to participate more in, in those types of, whether it's events or communities or circles or conversations or um, where is that happening in, in person, right, in real life, in your community and get tap into it more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also think that, th- I mean, I just, I personally feel like the masculine has become a caricature of itself. Like all the good stuff has become distorted and overplayed. And because there's been a distinct lack of the feminine in our society and a devaluing of the feminine that the masculine has just turned into this, like, you know, I don't know, little, like the word I use is a, is a caricature, like an exaggeration and that the men are at the very beginning. In fact, I don't even know if it's the beginning, you know, the men at the summit series are a small percentage of what's out there. And I do think that masculinity will have a rebirth or a reinvention or a reclamation of sorts once the feminine becomes fully expressed on the planet. And I know that one of the people that I study, David Data said that 10, the masculine's about 10 years behind the feminine. So in terms of, Mm -hmm you know, men in general or the masculine being able and being comfortable and feeling power within vulnerability and the sort of skill set that makes intimacy possible. I think that that's not the norm in our culture and it has never been the norm for men. And so they're just like women are working against just an intense projection of what it means to be a woman here. Sit down, shut up, be quiet, look pretty right? Be consistently vulnerable at all times. Um, I think the men are also working against an intense projection. And, you know, believe it or not, for the first time ever, I do feel like the feminine is a little bit further ahead in terms of, you know, the, the reclamation process or, you know, the reconfiguring process. So I'm actually excited to see more of that summit stuff spreading to Baltimore, to Atlanta, to, you know, regular folks, so to speak, um, uh-huh. so that, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the, I think that the point you brought up about David Data saying men are about 10 years behind in uh, this respect to women, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, 10 years ago, we as women had a few figureheads that we could point to that were our, um, our mentors, you know, on a public stage talking about this stuff. And um, there weren't a lot of them, though. And now there are more. And it gives every time we see more and more people stand up and talk about um, what it looks like to shift and how they did that and how can we do that and just have our guides and our teachers and our elders, right? The, The more that we see that as women, the easier it is for us to access what it takes to get there and to embody it and to internalize it and to, to, to go do it. And we have been given permission, whether we think we need it or not, to do it because we have more, more people out there that we can look to as examples. 
And men just don't have that in the same way that we do, unfortunately. There's not enough guys standing up and being those examples and those mentors and those el- those elders for the men. And so you I mean think the men of hopefully what men of consciousness or men in general? Men in general, because in order to become a man of consciousness, you need to have had examples. Oh yeah, it that's what you usually mean. just happen in a vacuum, right? Yeah, and. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, so in order for, I think, the men to quote unquote catch up, which is, I think, a, a sad way to, to look at it. But if we're, you know, if we're talking about men having a little bit less access and examples, that, that's what it's going to take, I think, is for more men to stand up, be public. You know, I think Tim Ferriss is doing a great job of this um, by, by bringing in people who are high performers and then having them uh, speak about their you know, the, the, the softer side of their practices, mm-hmm. the softer side of their, their beliefs and values and, and passions and mm-hmm. um, making it okay. And not only okay to express this stuff, but actually a thing that helps them produce greater results. Right. And, yeah. and that I think is what we need. And thank God that someone on Tim's level is doing that. You know, he has 2 million plus li- listeners on a regular basis. Like, I think that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you're saying is just surround yourself. I mean, that's another Tim Ferriss thing is, you know, you want to make sense of your life, look around you and look at the five people closest to you, the five people that you spend the most time with. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's something we should all be looking at, especially if we're one, if you're one of those people that are feeling like, God, I just can't meet anybody that's, you know, man or woman really that's in this space that is willing to have a conscious communication style and that is willing to be vulnerable and take intimacy to a different level beyond the physical and is to look at the people you're spending time with and um, which is why your community is so fabulous because it just kind of puts everybody <laughs> in great, one place. That's a great point though. Yeah. That's such a great point, Chantel, because, you know, it's, it's, I think that we can easily begin to compartmentalize and say, okay, well, my friends are all like this, but what I really want in a, in a partner and someone I want to date is this. So I'm going to continue hanging out with the friends that I hang out with, but, um, but I'm going to expect the partners to, to come from God knows where and to be, um, you know, to show up in the world this way. And I think you bring up a great point that if we're not fully satisfied with um, the people that we're surrounding ourselves with and that there should, maybe there's something missing or something off there, then we might want to assess that first because our communities is generally where we meet people, first, yeah. you know, it, it, offline at least. Right. And mm-hmm. so if that feels n- misaligned with what you're looking for, then I would definitely urge people to look at that first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were chatting before we pressed record, you made a point uh, about technology, and of course, you have a technology platform, and online dating is certainly a phenomenon that has come through technology. What's the role of technology in relationship and dating, and what's your, what's your view on that? How is it helped or not helped, or the level of intimacy that we, we want in our world? Yeah, I mean, I think that... Obviously, we're in an age of technology that's mm-hmm. not going to go away. It's going to become more integrated into our lives. And I think it's up to the people that are making um, the decisions. Uh, it's up to the leaders in the techno- technology fields to be conscious of the devices that they're creating to hopefully facilitate more connection, not less. Um, and 
for companies that are tacking on to the existing technology out there like us, um, how can we be a vessel to facilitate deeper connection, not more superficial connection? And what I think that we're seeing right now, just in general, um, especially over the past few years, is so much technology out there that facilitates a ton of connection points, mm-hmm. you know, qu- quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. And if I can just get enough matches, if I can just get enough messages, if I can just get en- enough friends and connections, then maybe my worth as a human is going to be better or greater. And and I think this kind of scoreboard nature that we started to live in, by scoreboard I mean, you know, I just posted something on Facebook. How many people liked it within the first day? Is it good enough? You know, mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. how many comments do they get? It's just this starting to look externally for validation about what we're doing and how we're showing up on, in the digital world and letting that dictate how we think we are doing as a human being. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have to overcome. And at Meet Mindful, if we can start to create more, uh, if we could design things so that is not being perpetuated, mm-hmm. then I think that we're, we're doing a great service to the world in that respect. Um, For us, we want to facilitate deep, authentic connections. You know, our mission is to empower mindful people to have meaningful connections every day. Mm -hmm. And the key word there is meaningful. And so how can we as a service um, and application facilitate more meaningful connections? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're focused on, you know, as we grow the business is, is, is not necessarily just the numbers game. It's not necessarily, um, well, yeah, that, that's what it is. It's not, it's not the quantity. We're really looking for the quality. And, you know, I would love, we're not there yet, but I would love for us to find a way to, to begin to support people offline better, mm-hmm. you know, send them to places that would be amazing places to meet up, mm. um, have, really cool engaging events and, and happenings for them to go to, uh, to engage with their community and Mm -hmm. really bring back what, what was the norm up until very recently, Mm -hmm. like interacting with our community, not interacting with our online community. Mm -hmm. So how can we as an online community facilitate that? Mm, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting at Emerging Women, where we're also doing both in person, but we have a very high degree of connection and intimacy going in our virtual power circles program. And I was so surprised at that. Like you actually can, you know, through Zoom and, you know, uh, regular meeting, when you carve out sacred space, can like have a deep connection online, you know, so it's possible. However, I can, you know, the difference between sharing in person um, and having in-person experiences is just, it's infinitely more intimate and more, you know, yield, it seems to yield more magic when it's in person. So I love combining that and it makes sense for you guys for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and I think that you are thinking about it. I love the way that you're thinking about it because you can only get people to an incredible in-person event 
like emerging women, which is so powerful in person, you can't do that all the time. No, you know, it's the same thing at, at um, when I was doing the yoga dates events, I was doing them once a month. And then people were like, can you do these twice a week? And I was like, no, that's impossible. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that twice a week. That, that you guys should be doing this. You guys should be self-organizing and making this happen. Right. Um, and so, you know, not that I didn't want to, but it's just too much work and it's not enough doesn't make sense like business wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, and the, you know, the inquiry that we're, I think both in is how can we build uh, technologies to support that yeah. and to facilitate more, more of those connections when they are online to be more intimate and when they're offline to, you know, well, a just to happen more mm-hmm. and, and B to, to facilitate more of that happening. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I'm glad you addressed that. And one of the things you said was like, you know, the technology, once you're in relationship, you know, the technology, it's not even, that's not a thing anymore. It's the focus is the relationship, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you could be like, well, okay, once they meet up, you kind of put yourself out of business, right? <laughs> you know, like you want them to meet up, but once you meet up, I don't need meet mindful anymore, but you're reinventing yourself so that you can become, or not even reinventing, you're growing into this space and as a community holder where you're actually offering much more for people when they do meet up, you know, to continue making sure that the connection is still you know, really kind of diving in in a conscious way and being exposed to conscious content that could enrich the relationship. That makes total sense. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're really excited to see where that exploration goes. One other note that I have that um, feels like a tangent, but I think it's really important to say is, you know, I, I can't I forget what talk it was. It may have actually been Esther's talk at the Emerging Women event here uh, a few weeks ago where she was talking about the differences between, because here we are, we're talking about the differences between um, online connection and in-person connection. But there's also like, how are we communicating digitally? Like, are we on Facebook Messenger? Are we text messaging? Are we on WhatsApp? Are we actually, gosh, this is so rare, but getting on a phone call? Yeah. (sighs) I mean, the difference between... Texting and phone calls is night and day. And mm-hmm. I think we've forgotten, especially with new relationships or, or people we're interested in dating and people that are new in our lives. Like I can, I trust my best friend, right? So I have full trust in her. I don't need to be calling her all the time necessarily to build that trust because I know what her intentions are. I know the, mm-hmm. um, I know her well enough that sending a text generally is fine. But if I'm trying to get to know somebody new, I want nothing more for them to put up, to put away the text messages and call me on the phone and let me know their intentions. Like, I don't know the last time I had a guy say, you know what? I find you really, really compelling. And I would love to take you on a date. Can I do that next Thursday? Great. You know, end call. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be amazing, but here's, I'm going to just, here's what I uh, find exciting that the whole text, I mean, first of all, phone. Yes. I mean, it's like paying with cash. You know, when I pay with cash, I'm like (laughs) cash, look at this, everybody. Here's a 20, you know, like I would like my change now in cash. Yes. You know? (laughs) 
So, so, you know, it's kind of like that, but there's a total, like, like, how is somebody on text? You know what I mean? It's like, how do people write? When people write me an email, I'm very careful about how did they write that email? You know what I'm saying? Like what was in there? And I, I know a lot about people by the way that they write. The same as with text. Like, you know, especially with dating, of course, I've been in a marriage forever. Um, so I, this isn't about me, but I have a lot of single friends and, you know, like, believe me, I've seen my share of the texts and there's something about like, you want a good texter, right? There's a whole like way and language and flirting and, you know, like excitement and not even just with dating with people you work with, right? It's like a whole new language that I just don't want to discount because I myself, I'm just like, you know, oh, I love texting with this person or whatever, you know? So it's just interesting that the technology has brought up this whole other outlet and way of communicating and discovering somebody, even if they're bite-sized pieces. I, yeah, there's such, there's, there's such room for creativity in a way that is, you know, lasting, right? Because you yeah. can't, like, no one's recording a phone call and like reversing the tape and being like, oh, remember when they said this? It's so funny. And like showing it to their friends, right? Well, some um, people do that. That's text, when, text, you, when they're fighting, they might yeah, be doing creepy. that. Yeah, that's creepy. But, you know, we do have the opportunity with, to do that with text. And you're right. I mean, there's definitely an element that's like super fun that way, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I hear you on the phone call and I'm totally like, you know, I love that. You know, when someone calls me even for business, they're like, I just thought I'd pick up the phone. I'm like, I love it. I, yeah. I think this is me just like being, you know, I'm, I'm actively dating right now. I'm, you know, in conversation with like something like seven, six or seven guys. And like, I don't think one of them has called me on the phone and I actually don't know like what any of them are actually thinking. And I feel like, I feel like the phone allows you to get there faster. And so maybe this is just me having a, a projecting moment, probably. Okay, wait a minute now. I mean, I know we're like towards the end here, but I need to bring this in. So you're dating, <laughs> you're dating and you're, I love the, the language, you're actively involved in conversations with seven guys. Is this like... I mean, because this is people... largely because I just went to Summit Series and like met a lot of amazing people. <laughs> okay. But is that normal? Because that seems like smart to me. Like usually people are like, I'm dating and there's like one person that they're dating, you know, but I like this. Like this makes sense to me. Seven <laughs> men. So, so what, so what it is for me is I actually, you know, before we press record, as you said a moment ago, um, I, Remember you talking about um, people who are like, oh, am I going to find him? Like, when am I going to find him? Like, it's so frustrating. I just, when is it going to happen? And I think that that energy is, um, it's so counteractive. Like, bringing in that energy into any sort of new connection or, or even just standing in a room and being like, ugh, nobody here is worth my time. When am I going to meet the person worth my time? This is so lame. Like, that energy is palpable and people see that whether you know it or not. And I had been in a something like that for the past few months and was talking to friends about it and a couple of mentors and, and they were just like, just have fun, like stop making it such a serious thing and like just enjoy yourself and, and see what happens there. Like, Stop putting such a, you know, a big 
a large gravity on everything and everyone you meet and, and having them have to hit this giant bar before you'll even give them time, the time of day. And I really heard that. And, and so I think that being, you know, ta- lightly, not lightly, but um, casually talking to a number of people, a lot of these people live all over the country. It, um, so I don't have the opportunity to like meet up with them in person mm-hmm. in the same way that I would if it was like seven different people in mm-hmm. Denver. Um, that would actually be really difficult to keep track of, I think. Right. Um, but for me, it's just fun and interesting. And I have no clue what's going to happen to any of it. And I'm okay with that. And I think just having that energy shift from like twiddling my thumbs and being bored and frustrated and when is this going to happen to, oh, there's an abundance of amazing people out there and I'm just going to start chatting with lots of them and who knows what's going to happen, but this is so much more fun. Like that's so agenda less and it feels really good. Um, So I guess we'll have to check in again and see how it goes. (laughs) Right. Because you know, there's people who are like, I just want to fall in love. I want my person. I want the person I'm going to grow old with, whether man or woman or wherever you are in that. But right. People like there's that. And then there's the, like, and if you just only have that lens, it's like the Steve Jobs. It's like you want the certainty. We're bringing it full circle. This is a good podcast when you bring full circle. I like to put a bow on things. Uh, But, you know, it's like trying to figure out every outcome ahead of time, and you just lose the magic. You lose the opportunity. You know, I, I also want to just fall in love. And I, I, I fall in love a lot. I just haven't in the past year. <laughs> um, I just want to fall in love too. And that's not absent for me, that desire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you just brought up and what we've been talking about is A, a great thing to close with. And B, um, this is me falling more in love with myself mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And if I want to fall more in love with someone else, like how can I deepen into my love for myself? and the people around me and my life and my body and my, and my brain and how all of me shows up because if, and if I can do that, then you sure as hell better bad. I'm going to call in a much bigger love than I would have been able to before. Mm. Ashe. Ashe. Very well <laughs> said. Very well said. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's been an absolute pleasure to do the deep dive with you. It's always a deep dive. And I just wish you so much luck. We're rooting for you. We're totally into what you're doing. I think we're just, there's so many synergies between Meet Mindful and Emerging Women. And um, Absolutely. yeah, I would like to see more cross crossovers. So, um, so good yeah. luck with everything. Thank you for having me. Yes. What a juicy combo. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah.